Great Grace family. Thank you so much for taking this time to enjoy another episode of The Preach and the Prophet. Well, kind of. Uh, as you all know, uh, we're supposed to be underway with season two, and we've put out two episodes thus far. However, life and time happens to us all. So, Uh, While we are continuing to structure ourselves for the fulfillment of season two, I wanted to post something to this stream that I believe would be a blessing to you. So I went down in my archives and I got a message that I believe is going to bless your heart. It's entitled A Renewed Yes. This was from a service that I preach live in person. And I want this message to bless your heart today. So if that's you, you kind of been waiting in your commitment to God and you've been kind of, you know, lax as we all are in some areas. I want you to listen to this message intently and I want the spirit of God to move on your heart on how exactly you can renew your yes. Again, thank you so much, family. We love each and every one of you and Prophet and I look forward to talking with you very soon. God bless you. Let's praise him. Come on, praise him. Drive this devil out of here this morning. Come on, praise him. Come on, open up your mouth and praise him. God has brought us. He's preserved us. He's kept us. He's made ways for us. He's healed us, saved us, brought us out of mess. We put our own self in. We owe God praise this morning. Oh, come on. He got to loose his hold this morning. Hallelujah drive this devil out this morning in the name of Jesus. He come to hand in mind, but saying the Lord God rebuke you. Ah, we plead the blood in here. We plead the blood. Don't let that mask become your muzzle. Open your mouth and praise him. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Down in my soul, say yes, Lord. Say yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. You waiting on God and God is waiting on you. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. Charge this atmosphere. Glory, 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 glory. Ha, yaman man so Glory to Jesus. Ah, we bless your name in this place. God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, we lift you up over our circumstances, over how we feel this morning, over our problems and our own issues. God, we lift you up. Hallelujah to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give honor to our God this morning. 
thankful to him for allowing us to be here one more time. He woke us up this morning in our right mind. That's more than a lot of people can say. He woke us up this morning and put us in our right mind. You have the use and activity of your limbs. Joints might have hurt a little bit, but you can move it. And we owe him praise. You got your own self dressed and came to church this morning. Nobody had to wheel you in here. You didn't have to come in on a cane or a walker. God bless you to get here this morning. And we bless him for that. We thank God for our pastor. Come on, clap your hands for him. Amen. And to our first lady, God bless you. And to all of the ministers of the gospels and the deacons and all of the saints of God in your respective places, I want to get in the way and out of the way as quickly as possible. So if you would turn with me to the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah, we're going to read two participles of scripture. The first being Jonah 1, verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to flip over to Jonah 3 and go through verses 1 through 3. And Jonah 1, beginning at the first verse, if you have it, say amen. amen. All right. The Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amate, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Let's go to chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. I want to talk to you for the next few moments from the thought of renewed yes. Father, we thank you this morning because you've been good to us. And now, God, as we prepare to pour out what you have prepared for your people this morning, I pray that you would give me the words to say, how to say, when to say them. Father, I pray that you would allow this word to be piercing, piercing to the heart, cause change to happen and transformation to take place. And God, if one be changed, one be saved, one be healed, delivered, sanctified, or filled, then the job was completed. And God, we give you great praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we look into this familiar passage of Scripture, we find the main character, the prophet Jonah. Uh, now, Jonah, his name means dove. He's introduced as the son of Amate, and he is a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel during the reign of Jeroboam II. Uh, now, he hails from gath Hefer, less than five miles north of Nazareth in Galilee. 
And Jonah's prophetic ministry occurred shortly after that of Elisha and simultaneously with Amos and directly prior to that of Hosea. So here we are in the opening of the book of Jonah. This most likely is taking place between 810 and 755 BC. And the prophet Jonah started out his book with a major act of disobedience. The Bible has us to know that the word of the Lord came to Jonah and told him to go to Nineveh and preach, to, uh, preach against its sinful lifestyle. Now, Nineveh was an important city because it was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire. Nineveh had a population of over 120,000 people. You think about it, they had more in their city than we have in this county. It became and maintained the title of the largest city in the known world for over 50 years. And because of its geographical location, it was the central point, point of the empire's trading industry, and that made it wealthy. It was a popular religious mecca for its worship of the Assyrian goddess Ishtar. And the Assyrians were known for their wicked, their brush, bru uh, harsh and their brute actions. And when Nineveh soldiers would go to another city, they would burn up all the trees so they couldn't rebuild. They would poison the wells so they wouldn't have clean drinking water. They would fillet the bodies of the city's inhabitants, peeling the skin from the bodies, and they used it as decorations. They would decapitate them and use their skulls as trophies. They would take all the babies in the city and line them up and allow their chariots to run over them. That's how evil the people in Nineveh were. So now you understand why Jonah had so much apprehension about going to preach repentance to these people. The cause of Jonah's reaction of disobedience was the coupling of his passionate dislike of Nineveh and his disbelief that they would receive the message. And as we were admonished in 2 Timothy 4, we have a charge to preach the word. Even in the situation of Jonah, by delivering this message, he ran the risk of being killed by the people or by executive order of the king. The Bible says that after receiving this assignment, Jonah left Israel through the port of Joppa, and he went to Tarshish. Now, Tarshish was a city in western Spain, and it was about 2,500 miles away. Tarshish was the farthest place you could go in the opposite direction. And while cruising the waters of the Mediterranean Sea, the Bible says that God sent a strong wind from the east. Anytime you see in, in the word of God, it's talking about the east wind. The east wind is the wind of correction. It's the wind of judgment. And so God sends this wind from the east to rebuke him, trying to get him back on course. The wind roughed the sea and it rocked the boat, putting the lives of all passengers on board. See, when you say no to God, you put everybody around you, their life is in danger. The Bible says during the storm, while the others were doing all they could to survive, Jonah was in a deep sleep. That's just like some of us today. We're in the body of Christ and we're sleeping and unconcerned. People dying around us, have no hope, have no God, have no relationship, and we're just as asleep as we can be. Ah, but God sends the storm. He sends the storm. And after the men 
are wondering why this storm has happened. Everybody's turning to their own God. And they say, where's that fellow Jonah? He's down in the ship. They said, wake him up. He said, who, who are you? Who is your God? He said, I serve the God. He said, I'm going the other way. And the only way that the sea can be calmed and your lives can be put in safety, you're going to have to throw me overboard. So they say, well, we don't want to do that. He said, well, that's the only way. They throw him overboard. And here's the part of the text that I've rarely heard pointed out or highlighted. The Bible says that when they threw Jonah overboard, as soon as he hit the water, the seas calmed. Here's the part that stood out to me, Bishop. The Bible said that when the seas calmed, all the passengers saw it, and they stood in amazement, and they made vows to the Lord. See, when people can see the miracle working power of God in your life, it doesn't take much for them to make a commitment to your God. But if they see you serving your God and it ain't doing nothing for you. All right, that's another message. So the men throw him overboard and God sends a large fish, possibly a whale, and it swallows Jonah to keep him safe. We really owe God praise because he preserved us in our disobedience and didn't let us die in it. He gave you another chance even after you told him no. The Bible says that God miraculously sustains Jonah in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Now many in the faith and outside teach that this is just a, a, a hyperbole or possibly a biblical fairy tale. But Jesus confirms his authenticity in Matthew 12, 39 through 41, when referring to his own death, burial, and resurrection. God has Jonah in what I like to call a spiritual holding pattern. He prayed and God heard him. Now notice in Jonah 2 and 9, it confirms the revelation that what you need is birthed in prayer but it's released in praise. Ah, but something happened in Jonah 2 and 10. Two things occurred. When Jonah said yes, he was released from the fish. But watch this. Not only was he released from the fish, but the fish had taken him all the way to Nineveh. My first point is this is when you tell God yes, everything that has bound you up has to let you go. And God is going to redeem the time and let you make up time. The Bible says that Jonah obeyed God and he went to tell the inhabitants of Nineveh what the Lord had said. In 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown. But in a spirit of repentance, the king sent out decree that everybody and every animal, they're going to fast. And the entire city will be put on sackcloth and ashes. The official sign of repentance. And pray that God would have mercy and not execute judgment. My second point is this. That if you say what he spoke, you'll see what he said. 
Jonah preached the gospel that God told him to preach. And after preaching it, the people heard him and they changed their ways. Ah, but watch this. Jonah became angry because he thought that even though he delivered the message and they repented, that God should still punish the Ninevites. He wanted him to punish them because of their evil past. And understand that Jonah's previous yes to the Lord, although it was a yes indeed, it wasn't a complete yes. Yes, like most of us today, we give God a yes with stipulations. Yes, but. Yes, if you. Yes, only if. These kinds of yeses are no good and are only valid if everything is going good for you. And if God blesses you and he keeps you. But the very time you hit a bump in the road or have to weather some storms, your yes becomes null and void. You can have a yes so strong that the enemy won't even bring certain temptations in front of you. Why? Because my yes already said no. Many times people can't renew their yes because they are embarrassed that people saw their disobedience. Many people still in a backslidden state because they shame of the saints because we saw them fall and we saw them have issues. But this is my last point. This is my last point and I'm almost through is that you are not the first person to tell God no. You are not the first person to disobey God. So renew your yes and move on. The saints don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. So come on and get right with God and do it now. Let your ways please the Lord and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, I have to tell you that you aren't the only one. You aren't the first one that had to struggle with God and doing what God said do. You don't believe me? Let's go to the word. First Kings 19, 4 through 18. You'll find a prophet by the name of Elijah. Elijah didn't want to continue in ministry after being targeted by Queen Jezebel. He felt like he was the only one doing right. He was the only prophet that God could use to get this word. And God told him, listen, I have 7,000 other prophets that have not bowed or kissed the image of Baal. You're not the only one. So after he struggles with this ostracism, he renewed his yes. Jeremiah 27 through 8. Prophet Jeremiah no longer wanted to prophesy. The people got tired of him because every time he prophesied, he prophesied doom and gloom. He prophesied bondage. But he got tired of this rejection. Told God, I'm not going to prophesy no more. I'm tired of the people. They don't want to listen to me. They want to go to the false prophets and the soothsayers and hear what they got to say. But God had to stir up his spirit. And like fire shut up in his bones. He said, I tried to hold it, but I couldn't. And after the frustration, he had to renew his yes. In Numbers 22, 20 through 41, you'll find a prophet by the name of Balaam. The Bible said that the princes of Moab called for Balaam to come. 
God said, you can go, but I want you to say thus and so. God knew Balaam was getting ready to go outside of his orders. And when he was getting ready to go, he got on his donkey. The Bible said that an angel stood in front of Balaam. He couldn't see it because when you're walking in disobedience, you can't see destruction. The Bible says that the angel was standing in front of the donkey. And the donkey wouldn't go forward. The donkey turned another way. And he kept turning. And then the third time he turned and he crushed his foot up against the wall. The Bible said that Balaam hit the donkey. God gave the donkey the power to speak and said, why are you hitting me? And the angel of the Lord said, don't you see that I use this donkey to keep you from going out of the way? Uh, and God blocked him from doing this. And after realizing his misstep, he renewed his yes. Judges 16 verses 28 and 29. You'll find a man by the name of Samson. The Bible said that Samson from birth was called to be a Nazarite. He was called to be separated and sanctified for the master's use. But because of a tumultuous breakup, he is found by a spy named Delilah. The Bible said that she is charged with understanding the source of his power. And after dismantling his power with the last of his strength, the Bible says that he caused structural damage and he killed more Philistines in one day than he killed in his whole life. After his heartbrokenness, he renewed his yes. In Mark 14, 66 and 72, you'll find a man by the name of Peter. Now, Peter is a man who not only walked with Christ, but he was one of his closest friends. And the Bible has us to know that even though he had seen Jesus work miracles and he had saw Jesus heal the sick and raise the dead. After all of that, when it came time for the crucifixion and they say, wait a minute, weren't you with the man? He said, no, I don't know him. They said, I, I swore I saw you when he multiplied, multiplied the fish and the bread. Peter said, no, I wasn't there. Somebody said, now wait a minute, I know you were there the time he was with the woman at the well. Peter got the cussing. He said, now I told you I don't know him. After all of that, Denana said, I don't know the man. But after his betrayal, he renewed his yes. Acts 11, 1 through 9. Now you find Peter here again. The Bible has us to know that Peter, with his saved, sanctified self, was just as bigoted as he could be. He was saved, called by God, an apostle had walked with Christ, but he had a problem with the Gentile. He felt like if you were not from this lineage, that you were not good enough to receive this gospel. The Bible has us to know that God took Peter up in a vision and he brought out this white tablecloth with four corners. And it symbolized the four corners of the earth that the Gentile were coming from. The Bible said that he put a whole beast on the tablecloth and he told him to eat it. Peter said, I can't eat that because that's outside of our diet. That's not clean. God told him, don't you call unclean what I've called clean. And after his discriminatory behavior, Peter had to renew his yes. But we see here in Mark 14 and 36, we find a man by the name of Jesus. Now Jesus is the son of God. He knew his assignment. His assignment was to come and to shut the door of the old covenant 
and open the door of the new covenant. The Bible has us to know that he came through 42 generations through the lineage of David came to redeem man back to God. But the Bible says that Jesus is taken over. Because before you go to Calvary, you have to make a pit stop in Gethsemane. The Bible said that he stops in the garden to pray. And in a moment of weakness, he said, Lord, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, Lord, this, this trouble is just a, a little bit too hard. The, the, the scorn of death is just a little too deep. If there's any way that you can allow me to finish this assignment but not go through this, Lord, I'll take that route. Lord, there's some of us today. We know what God told us to do and we know what it's going to take to get there. But we don't want to go through what it takes to get to our destiny. Purpose has to kill you. It has to cut you. And we don't want to have to go through the cutting and the beating and the scorning and the tribulation. But Jesus got some strength from somewhere and said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. The Bible says that after his trepidation, he renewed his yes. I came to tell the saints today that if it's ever a time to renew your yes, it's right now. Tomorrow is not promised to us. We were just talking. Who would have thought that two years later we would still be in a pandemic? Who would have thought that two years into this thing? We would still be masked up and have to sanitize everything and have to socially distant. But it's because I told God, yes, that whatever came, it didn't scare my soul. Because I promised the Lord that I would hold out. Come what may, leave who may. Scorn what must. I promise God that my yes was assured. Don't think that whatever you've done, or how long you've taken, you know what God told you to do. You sat down on it and tried to give it to somebody else. God put something on your heart. Did the Lord tell you? No, he didn't tell me that. He told you. Get up. And it's time to run with some haste. Because the sun is almost down. The door is closing for the Gentile now. It's only a short window we have. And now is the time to do what he said do. And do it like you got somewhere to go. He's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming for a church that renewed their yes. That's just like you ever been in a car accident or you've gotten a ticket and the officer saying they, they come and they say, can I see your license and your registration? And they go and they go on the computer in the car and they type it in. And they come back and they say, well, license is valid, but the insurance ran out. After the insurance run out, you're no longer covered. And if you don't renew your yes, 
you're no longer covered. You've let your policy lapse. So now what you're going to do? You're out in the world surrounded by trouble. You just heard what Sister Valencia testified. The world is in trouble. You can watch the news. Something happening every day. And now you're walking around uncovered. You don't have anything to hold you. That just in case. So here we are, church. Here we are at the point where God is trying to take us from our complacent state. And now it's time to get up and do something. I don't know how we expect for souls to be saved if we don't reach them. We praying God save them. The Bible said, he didn't say pray for them to be saved. He said pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into his harvest. You got to work for these souls. People not just coming off, off the street. It used to be a time people used to come to church just because the doors were open. Now the saints don't even come. What are we going to do? There's a harvest that's got to be reached. And the harvest is not in here. The harvest is out there. And the harvest is watching how you respond to trouble. The harvest is watching how you respond to life. The harvest is watching you. I was at work the other day and the lady said, she said, you know, out of all the time we work together, I don't think I've ever heard you cuss. And I said, and you never will. Why? Because the saints said there was a difference between holy and unholy. There was a separation. I ain't never seen as many cussing saints in all my life. These folk, well, they are cussing, drinking, and, and then after all of that, get up in church. Set yourself down, you demon. Because the Holy Ghost don't just come for you to speak in tongues. The Holy Ghost make you live right. Oh, I know what I speak. The Holy Ghost will tell you, oh, no, your spirit ain't right. Ha. Huh. So you think that after all that God can't use you because of what you've done and because you've been slowful and you haven't done everything he told you to do when he told you to do it and how he told you to do it. So you think that God is just through with you. God ain't through with you. There's still a work to be done. And if you don't believe me, you can look through this 66, find imperfect people. The Bible is not full of perfect people who are void of trouble and void of hangups. These are imperfect people doing the will of a perfect God. You can look through the text. You'll find a man by the name of Noah. Noah was a drunk. You'll find a man by the name of Abraham. Abraham was too old. You'll find a man by the name of Isaac. He was a daydreamer. You'll find a man by the name of Jacob. He was a liar. You'll find a woman by the name of Leah. The Bible says she was ugly. You'll find a man by the name of Joseph. He was abused. You'll find a man by the name of Moses. He had a stuttering problem. You'll find a man by the name of Gideon. He was afraid. 
you'll find a man by the name of Zacchaeus. He was too short. You'll find a woman by the name of Rahab. She was a prostitute. You'll find a man by the name of Josiah. He was too young. You'll find two young men named Jeremiah and Timothy. Uh, they were too new in the faith. You'll find a man by the name of David who had an affair and was a murderer. You'll find a man by the name of Elijah who was suicidal. You'll find a man by the name of Isaiah who preached naked. You'll find somebody named Jonah that ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. The disciples fell asleep while Jesus was praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once and living with a man she wasn't married to. Thomas was a doubter. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer and Lazarus was dead. If it is a time that you give God a yes despite of what you've been going through despite of your hangups and your shortcomings, my yes said no to all of my mess. Even though I had some issues, even though I had some troubles, even though I had some problems, my yes is still intact. Oh, I wish I had a church that would give them a yes. Hallelujah! We're at a time, whatever it is the Lord called you to do, you better do it and get some running in your feet. If you got a horn, you better blow it. A pen, you better write it. If you have a piano, play it. A drum, you can beat it. If you can cook, fry it, stew it, fricassee it, cover it in gravy, put it in the oven. If you can clean it, wash it. If you can talk, say it. If you can sing, hit the note. If you can administrate, evaluate. If you can drive, push it, pull it, drag it, turn it, roll it, or press it. If you can play ball, pass it, catch it, throw it, dunk it, or alley-oop it. If you can do hair, dye it, fry it, lay it to the side, style it, wash it, cut it, or sew it in. But whatever you can do for the Lord, now's the time you got to do it 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 I know it may be hard but you got to do it I know you had to cry sometime but I got to do it I know I've had to pray through sometime but I got to do it I know for that talk to me talked about me like a dog but yet I still got to do it I know the church has hurt my feelings sometimes but yes I got to do it come on church I wish I had somebody in here that'll tell him yes Yes, in spite of my pain. Yes, I've had to cry. Ah, but yes, anyway. <laughs> yes. That's why you haven't noticed, and I'm closing. You haven't noticed why God will tell you to do something, and you say no, and he'll give you microcosms of the macrocosms. He'll, he'll give you small parts in your everyday life to do. God will tell you to go and witness to somebody, and you'll say no. And then you'll notice at work, people just coming up to you. You don't know why people are always talking to you. Why are you always telling me your trouble? I got trouble of my own. Because God will confront you with your purpose until you accept it. Some of us wonder why we always sick. And you know God has given you a ministry of healing. And you got hands to lay and you won't lay them. Sickness will manifest in your body until you do what God say do. I want us to renew our yes to the Lord. Not your yes to the church. Your yes to the Lord. 
Because if you really say yes to the Lord, your yes to the church will be included. I want you to say yes to God. That even though there are things I know he has purpose that I don't want to do. Lord, if you go with me, I'll do it. I want us to get in our mind, and this is an individual thing. This is not a corporate thing. This is something between you and God. The thing that you know God has told you to do. I want you to get that thing in your mind or those things in your mind. And once it's in your mind, your daily confession is, Lord, if you help me, yes. That's my condition to my yes. If you help me, then it's yes. I can't face this giant on my own. I need you. So, yes, Father, I pray that as the saints are gathered here this morning and in their hearts, their minds, and their spirits, we are hyper aware of what you have given us to do. We are hyper aware of your purposes, plans, and instructions for us. Father, I pray that you would put running in our feet and a swiftness in our hearts. God, I pray that you would redeem the time. Help us catch up and make up time. God, I pray that you would give us where, the wherewithal to be able to go further, quicker, to be able to catch up in the spirit. Father, I pray that you would allow us, because of our obedience today, God, I pray that you would multiply our efforts allow us to be able to go forward help us to let go of the stuff in the past the stuff that's binding us down and holding us back in our guilt and shame of stuff we've done in the past curse that devil in the name of jesus curse the spirit of guilt the spirit that's longing for yesterday curse that in the name of Jesus, allow us to go forward in the power and dynamics of the Holy Spirit. Allow us to go forward and reach this harvest. There's souls that yet have to be saved. There's battles that have to be won in the Spirit. The earth is groaning for the manifestations of the sons and the daughters of God. Allow us to get in our places. When we get in our place, the church will come together. When we get in our places, the community will come together, God. When we get in our places, our nation will become one. God, I pray for quick help. Allow us to be unified. Break up isms and schisms in the body. In the name of Jesus, the spirit that comes to break apart, cast them out in the name of Jesus. Cast them out of the mind. God, keen our discernment in this season. Help us to see the enemy afar off. God, I pray that you would impart this morning. Impart 
the power that it's going to take to complete the assignments and the works. God, impart the spiritual gifts that's necessary. So in the name of Jesus, the working of miracles, the diversity of tongues, the gifts of faith, help us, God. And if you pour out, the more you pour out, the more we'll say yes. The more we'll give over to you. God, we thank you. Strengthen our pastor this morning in the name of Jesus. Send strength to our leadership. Undergird them in the name of Jesus. Help them to lead this church as you want it led. God, help us to be the body you're calling for. Ninety years, we want to see the manifestation of what the saints that birthed this church prayed for. They birthed the church in holiness. They birthed the church on the power and dynamics of the Holy Ghost. Don't let the church wither and dry up now. Send the glory like you sent it then. Send the glory like you sent then. That the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. Send the glory. Send revival in the hearts and minds of the people. Ah, Jesus. Send a reignition of the prayer wheel. Prayer and intercession got to come back in us, God. Birth it in us today. And God, if you do that, we have no other choice than to be the body you're calling for. We have no other choice than to renew our yes and continue in your work. God, we give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. And signifying what we are going to do, our mindset moving forward, let all the saints say, yes, Lord. Yes, like you believe him. Yes, Lord. Yes, you can depend on me. Yes, Lord. I'll do what you say. Yes, Lord. I won't let people hinder my path. Yes, Lord. Come on, clap your hands and shout, yes, Lord, this morning.